This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. Today's awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I got a nine-time pro bowler in the NFL, NFL Hall of Famer. In my lifetime as a 49-year-old man, the greatest safety I've ever seen play on a football field. But what's going to be remarkable about today is there's so much more depth to this man than just football. We're going to talk about faith, mental health, achievement, being in the present moment. And uh, he's also just gifted with an incredible ability to articulate his thoughts. Before I introduce him, if you want to go watch one of the all-time great induction speeches into a Hall of Fame, go YouTube Brian Dawkins' uh, entry into the Hall of Fame speech. Absolutely mind-blowing. So I kind of gave it away. Brian Dawkins, welcome to Max Out. It is a blessing to be on here with you. Um, I am a fan. I'm a fan of yours and how you've used your message and who you are to be able to strengthen so many people thus far. And then you have so many more yet to come. So it's a pleasure for me to be on, on your show. My honor. So I don't know where to begin. I think where I want to start is, you know, when you have somebody on who's achieved the top, you know, I was talking to uh, another NFL Hall of Famer. I said, who is the greatest safety? I mean, you talk about the long history of football. Like, who is the greatest, right? So all these people that played Pop Warner and high school, college, D2, D1, NFL, then there's all pros, then there's the Hall of Fame, then there's the best. And this particular guy who we were talking about before we went live said, there's three for me, Ed Reed, Ronnie Lott, and Brian Dawkins. So, so you talk about somebody that walks in that sort of rarefied air, but then I looked at you, the measurables. All right, six feet, 209, you ran a 4640. Those are all world-class stats, but they're not that much different than any other NFL guy who gets into the league. What separates someone who's average with great measurables to the maybe the best of all time? What are some of those elements? The element that you would probably hear people talk about me in is something that we want to talk about today is, is, is the passion. Mm-hmm. The passion that the passion that I formed in the beginning around some negative stuff. And what I mean by that is I wasn't looked at as to be the, the dude out of my neighborhood to make it in the NFL, to make it to college, to be honest with you. I wasn't the biggest of guys yeah. in the growing up in the neighborhood. So it wasn't supposed to be me. I always tell this story. It wasn't supposed to be me. It was supposed to be so many other people. And so I took that as a disrespect for me. And I use that. I use that as motivation. I use that as a, as a chip on my shoulder. And what it did is it, it created a passion in me to have success at something that people thought that I wouldn't be the one to have success in it. Mm-hmm. So what that began to do, it began to put me laser focused energy wise on specific things on how I need to be better every day than anybody who came up against me. Certain things that I went through growing up that I had to do things that I didn't want to do in that, in that time yeah. frame, but it actually taught me some things about what I need to do going forward to be better versions of myself. Now, I didn't know this language back then. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know anything about yourself or the being your better version of yourself. Yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. I just knew in that moment, I wanted to be better than that dude in front of me. Mm. I wanted to whoop that dude in front of me. And the specific things that I had to do in my mindsets, I to whoop that dude. So in my mind, I'm going, I've already whooped that dude because I'm going to work harder than him. He's never going to work harder than me. Here's what I think. Like take entrepreneurs or people that just want to get in a relationship and, or athletes listen to this. The negatives are what actually knocked them out. It's the rejections. It's, it's ironically in your Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. In a, very early, you said, the majority of the success I've had, I'm quoting you, has come on the back of pain. Yes. Right. And yet most people, the pain, the negative is what actually eliminates them in their mind from becoming world class at something. But you did the reverse. And I find that's a that's a thread. Brady, to this day, you argue whether he's the goat or not. To this day, the dude still BS is about being such a late round draft pick after six freaking Super Bowls, still looking for that chip on his shoulder. Can you give us an example of some of those things that you would leverage? maybe not making a team or a pro bowl team that you, got, you made most of them. So I don't know what they would be. So I leveraged, this is when I was now 13 years old, real quick story, 13 yeah. years old. I had played the year before. This is my first time playing football, organized football in the neighborhood, around 12 years old. This, the first year I played, I was able to play running back and play uh, quarterback for that team. The next year, the coach moved me to center, right? 
Think about that. Now I went from one year from being running back to quarterback <laughs> to center. Yeah. And it was also the, a coach that I decided not to play for the first year. So I had a choice the first year who to play for a new coach or the older coach who had been there. I chose to play for the new coach, running back, quarterback. The next year I had to play for the older coach, put me at center. Mm. And so it, I was in a place that I, I, listen, I did not like playing. I hated it. I hated it. And so I told my dad, hey, could you tell this dude to, you know, move? I, I can't, I can't do this. But my dad taught me a lesson. This is one of the lessons I taught, I learned in my life. If you start something, you're going to finish it. Whatever you start, you finish. And not only do you finish it, when you're going through it, you go in, you go in it and through it with the right attitude, with a good attitude, with a coachable attitude. So that is a life lesson that I live with to this day. It and even at the highest levels, Brian, that separates somebody, huh? So you walk into an NFL locker room, everybody's being paid to play. Yes. They can change the legacy of their family, right? And even at that level, these things separate at the highest levels, true? Yes. Yes, because is that principle is not something that just was for that moment, like you said. That principle has now governed me in the rest of my life of how I carry myself, how I conduct myself. In a place that I'm not loving to be, my attitude is going to be on point. Matter of fact, I'm going to, I've learned to now say it like this, and I'm going to grow wherever I find myself. Wherever I find myself, whatever situation I may be put in, I'm going to grow in that environment. I'm going to create an environment but with my attitude, a fresh, fertile ground for me to grow in that thing because I'm going to be better. I'm going to be a better person after I come out of that painful situation, right? So it's a mindset adjustment that if, 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 if more people thought of things that way, if more people understood that the things that we go through in life, life are seasonal, they're not there to stay unless mentally we create habits to stay there. If we do not create a habit to stay in that condition, we can grow where we are knowing that this thing is going to pass. It's not going to stay. And I'm going to be better for going through it because I can handle things differently in the future with the wisdom that I have now gained. That's so exactly like, what you just said is why I do this show. That right there. Everybody go back about two minutes and listen to that again. The reason it's so profound for me is how you approach pain and how you approach negativity is something most people don't deal with on the front end. So we all know as we're listening to this or you're watching it, this is an inevitable part of the seasons that Brian's describing. Winter comes in everybody's life. So Everybody. you already know it's coming. Everybody. So if you don't have a predisposed plan or mindset of how you're going to approach pain and negativity, how are you going to get through life in a happy, blissful, productive way? And so this is how you do it. It's inevitable. I think we start getting to these delusions like, all right, now I'm past the pain part of my life. You know, like Everything I've had my share. I'm past the negative part. I think people even look at a guy like you, millions of dollars, NFL Hall of Famer. I'm sure the negatives and the pains are gone out of your life now, right? No. You still have them, true? No. And, and, and Ed, to be honest with you, that was one of the reasons that I was led to do it, to save my Hall of Fame speech the way that I said it, to give so much of myself, to be so transparent about some of the things that I've gone through because I had heard so many people up to that point, like, oh my goodness, you have it made. You've always had it made. Like you're in the NFL, you've made the Hall of Fame, so you have every, no, no. I've had so many things that I've had to overcome or change my mindset about in order for me to reach the plateau that I have. I was blessed to reach. So the, the thing that I understand more than ever now is how important a vision is for you. Creating a vision of yourself or what you want to be, what you're going to be. Created in, in, a, in, a, in a now moment, knowing that it's going to come to fruition later on, but you're already seeing it come to fruition in your mind. Matter of fact, I'm, 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 I'm doing a better job of writing down my goals now, right. writing them down in a present tense to make sure that those things come to fruition in my mental, in my vision first. Because once I get a vision of something, the Bible said it's like, like this, and I love this in Proverbs, that without a vision, the people prep perish. Without a vision, the people perish. Another version also says it like, uh, like this, that, that without a, um, a vision, that all restraint is, 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 is let go. Something to that effect. Yep. I'm paraphrasing here. Yep. But if I have a vision on what I know can come true, because first of all, I have to believe, first of all, that I can do the thing that I'm envisioning, right? Yep. And once I have that vision, 
Now I can begin to plan how I'm going to then accomplish it. Yeah. I can then, and the other thing will happen for me, especially growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up, I knew what I couldn't do in order for that vision to come to fruition. It's certain people I couldn't be around. We always talk about having the right people around you. I knew that it was certain cats that I couldn't be around. Matter of fact, I lost two of my, my friends, my good friends, to the streets. Both of them, you know, lost their life to, to selling, selling drugs in the street. And they were, those are two of my best friends at one time. But because of the vision that I had in my, my head of the success I was going to, the success I was going to be, I could no longer hang out with them. So yeah, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you, Brian, one of the things, you know, that strikes me is people usually only see what's in front of them. You know, it takes work to see something that is not yet present. Right. And I kind of have this theory, too, that I think you do need to believe it when you have a vision. But I've had things in my life, probably like you with the NFL or whatever it was. I don't know that I believed it when I first envisioned it, but the more I became familiar with that vision over and over again, the more I prayed about it, the more I did begin to believe I could do it because I lived with it so often. You know what I'm saying? I think the more I saw it, the more I believed it. But I want to ask you, if we go back just for a minute, because I didn't know that you linked things so well to sort of personal development and faith until I really studied you. Because, guys, just so you know, if you're not a football fan, this man was intimidating. He was a hitter, right? I mean, this is – there are NFL grown men, great players, that I was afraid of this man, right? So you're talking about an intimidating presence one of the things I found with a lot of successful people, particularly the athletes that I know, it's a very interesting line. I don't know if you could describe this. I bet you weren't expecting me to ask you this, but I'd like to just have you unpack this. You, there's this unbelievable line with, I find people that are successful. I think confidence is so critical in being successful, just deep confidence that you can do something. However, the most successful people I know have this ability to combine that confidence with humility. It's a bizarre combination because typically you meet a really confident person. Oftentimes they lack humility. And I think that's a set. If you don't have confidence, you're not going to do something. But if you don't also combine it with humility so that you are coachable, you do want to learn, you do want to grow. Is that just like how you are because of how you were raised? And have you seen that as a common thread with other great players or great people? I would tell you this, that because of the house that I was blessed to grow up in, with my dad, especially being in the household, I saw humility. I saw my, my grandma, I call her St. Dawkins. She showed me what a Christian really is. So it's my belief. It's my Christian values that teaches me that the way that I see it, the way I've grasped it and I've owned it, the most powerful, the most powerful position that you can be in is a position of humility. Mm-hmm. The most powerful, for us as believers, the most powerful individuals that have ever walked the face of this earth. And Jesus Christ was absolutely the most humble washing his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. And he's also told us that the greatest of you will be, will serve. Yes, yes. amen. The most. So that's where this comes from. So I, this is, this is one of the habits that I had, that I created. When I began to have success in the National Football League, I would, it, I would come across articles and different write-ups about myself. And before I read it, I would always say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Because it then puts it in perspective. This is not all about me as I read all of these good things about myself. No, I know that I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't originate these athletic abilities. I brought them out because of hard work and determination and listening to um, critiques from my coaching staff being coachable, but it, I didn't create those abilities. So when I look at things from that lens, I recognize that I'm able to be, um, and people talk about humility, it's not a weak position. It's not weak, humility is not weak. Being humble is not weak. It's power under control is what it is. Ooh, it's that's power good. under control. <laughs> and so when you know you have that, when I know that I have that, I don't have to go out and be boisterous about who I am and what I can do or what I'm going to do to you. Unless I'm trying to get in your head. That's you yeah. know, guys that are you know, good at the, the gift of gab. That wasn't me, though. Yeah. I'm going to let my play talk louder than my words will ever try to. Uh, right. So that put that that being humble was something that it was very purposeful for me. Mm. Still is to this day. Mm. Very, I always look at life the eyes of my 13 year old self my my teenage self do you really yes 
So when I see my, when you see this Hall of Fame plaque, yeah. when I walk in here and see that, I'm my Hall of my my 16 year old self is like, man, oh you you did that coming from Jacksonville, Florida, wow. Look at man! Wow, how could you? Wow, you see what I'm saying? So there's still an amazement when I come in here and see that though. I don't, I, I don't let those things become something that I just take as a oh yeah, that's that's yeah. me. Oh, I'm always in. I'm I, I'm staying in a place of wonderment because the thing that I told myself, I will never ever let the child in me die. Mm. I will never let my imagination die. So on this side of, 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 of football, I'm using that same visions, writing down my goals, envisioning things happening to be a success on this side. Mm. It's so right? good. He walked out on the stage, guys, for his Hall of Fame speech. He's saying hallelujah many, many times over and over again. And so one of the keys, you know, for me, too, whatever limited success I've had is uh, my faith. Yes. I, I know how I know how I'm a, I know I'm a sinner. And I know my weaknesses. I know how crazy I am in the head. So for me to accomplish whatever I have, there has to be one powerful God that's got my back. I did a lot of work just like you did. Yes. But 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 he, I, I planted the seeds and he provided the harvest. I just I just absolutely believe that. Now, let me ask you a couple things about this passion thing. Yes. It's so good, by the way. It's so good. Um, one thing you did that was interesting. I think passion causes you to out-prepare people. So but one of the things you did, y'all should go look this up, but he creates this character, like Weapon X, right? He come out in this bear crawl. He walked out on this Hall of Fame speech in a bear crawl, right? But he created this character that he almost transformed. There's this transformation that took place. You say, well, that's great for an athlete. You know, I teach my fighters, go in there and this character. But I think everybody should have this character. I, when I go speak in public, I literally picture myself. I'll tell you what you guys do. I flood. I'm Superman. I flood myself as this character. I picture Jesus. I picture the two or three greatest speakers. Or I kind of flood myself with this energy that transforms me. I used to do it when I go on a sales call. If I'm going to give a speech, like you can, pick, you know what's cool about picking a character too in business? If you get rejected, it's kind of the character that got rejected. His fault, yeah. It's his fault, right. right? But talk about Weapon X, this whole Wolverine thing. And it was legitimately real. I don't want to interrupt you, but this man had a locker next to his damn locker for Weapon X. No one does that crap in the NFL. So talk about that for a minute, the power of that. I've always been, even growing up, I was always an emotional kid. So mm -hmm. we lose a game. I'm going, I'm going to be the one crying, not wanting to shake people's hand. You know, that, <laughs> that was me. Okay. So I was already someone who was emotional. Some people call it, matter of fact, um, teammates would call me mean. Like we lose a game. So I'm, you know, you want to, don't want to be around me because I'm mean. Mm -hmm. So not being able to deal with some of the fluctuations of, 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 of testosterone and the like. Yeah. <laughs> was some of the things that I dealt with. But I also had a, that, again, that passion, that, that go back to that word passion, right? Mm -hmm. So when I flipped the switch for practice and games, I was a different dude. Literally, I was a different dude, different cat. I don't want to, don't, it's, I'm not smiling with you. I'm not playing with you. Especially we start doing competitive stuff. No, it's, it's go time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to win in that situation. Well, if you're running a business, you know, that there's just a lot of moving parts. I know I've got 23 different businesses I'm involved with right now. And in each of them, things are moving so quickly. And to get data and information in front of me at a moment's notice is something that is mandatory in order to make good decisions in my business. And you know, a lot of people are still going old school with QuickBooks and spreadsheets that are all, you know, different stuff and disorganized. A couple of years ago, I switched to NetSuite and I'm thrilled that I did. I recommend you do it as well. NetSuite is an awesome product. It's cutting edge. It's the way most businesses should be run by most entrepreneurs. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need, when you need it. Ditch spreadsheets that are all over the place. NetSuite, what I like about it, gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and about everything else in one place simultaneously. So you can look at your business all in one spot, all connected. And so let NetSuite show you how they can benefit. They'll give you a free product tour at netsuite.com forward slash mylet. I recommend this guy, especially going into 2021. If you want to make some changes, you want to make some enhancements, these guys at least are worthy of your consideration. And like I said, I use them in many of my different businesses. So it's netsuite.com forward slash mylet. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com forward slash my let 
And that's M-Y-L-E-T-T. Give them a shot. I read this thing that you said, preparation, energy, prayer. Like, is that part of this transformation? Yes, yes. So in order for me to perform at the levels that I was blessed to perform at, I had to have everything in line. And prayer was very important in that. So specific things that I do, if you go to BrianDolphins.com, you'll see it. It's called the Blueprint Challenge. It's specific things that I do every day to help me be the best version of myself. And throughout the week, if I'm prayed up, if I've been meditating and I ask the Lord to take away any and all distractions and clear my heart of any and all burdens I may bear, so I may perform my very best knowing you'll always be there. Please lift me up before this moment so so through your eyes I may see and have a clear understanding as this game unfolds before me. With great courage, I will meet this challenge that you would have me to, but keep me humble. Remind me that my strength comes from knowing you. That's called the athlete's prayer, right? And so when you have that mindset, that first of all, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm going to need help to get some of these distractions out of my heart so that I can pour everything that I have on game day. I'm not just giving my teammates what I have left. I'm giving them everything that I have. And it's different. It's different. I I, I had teammates that gave me what they had left because they were doing stuff on Thursday night. They was out. They weren't, you know, getting the massages. They weren't taking the supplements and, you know, they were maybe even out drinking, doing things. So they had, they were giving us what they had left. I was giving them everything that I had. Wow. Wow. And so I can, I can then as a leader, once I've earned the right to be a leader of someone, now I can then demand or ask that in return because I know exactly what I'm getting, right? And so going, going back to Wolverine, that came into fruition because people saw that I had all those figuring, figures in my locker. I love Wolverine. And so that's how it became Wolverine. Before that, it was Idiot Man. I called him Idiot Man. He was... <laughs> He was, I was idiot man. I turned into idiot man because it's, it's, it's go time. It's idiot man, idiot man time. And then it became Wolverine because again, CBS, one of the news uh, places that was doing the, uh, the, uh, the playoffs that year, they saw that I had all those figurines up there. But the thing that I tell people to this day, Brian Dawkins could not perform and do the things that he did on the field. Brian Dawkins could not do it. There's no way Brian Dawkins survives on the football field. If I go out with that, with my laid back, I'm, Brian Dawkins is an introvert for the most part. Brian Dawkins does not need to be the light in the room. I mean, the, the, the voice, the loudest voice in the room. Brian Dawkins would just sit back and just watch people act a fool to put them on and just laugh at them, to be honest. I relate. But when it comes to go time, when I flip that doggone switch, when I put that breathe straight on that last little piece, I would literally say to myself, Brian Dawkins, has become idiot man. And it's go time. It's time to go. And what I found is that I know now that energy is transferable. That same individual so-called that I turned into on game day, to your point, I can use the same type of thought process to help me through whatever I may be going through, whether it's a meeting to your point, it's a certain, when I go and speak and give motivational speeches, I get in front of them and like, listen, put your hand in. We're going to count to three because you are my teammates and you have now entered into my huddle. And I'm going to talk to you like I would talk to my teammates. And we're in the fourth quarter and we need this drive. So the rest of this meeting, the rest of this uh, uh, conference or whatever it is, I'm going to talk to you in those terms. So sometimes my wife hear me talking, why are you yelling at them? I'm yelling at them because it's go time. We need need to get off the field. And I I, I need them to see life differently, see their lives differently. I need them to come up with plans in their own mind's eye. If if nothing ever prevented you from being the best version of yourself, nobody told you you were limited, you, you had never failed at anything, and you know you wouldn't fail going forward, what would you dream? How big would your dreams be? So good. I'm watching your face right now. I'm fired the F up, right? Like I'm watching you and a couple of things I just want to unpack on there, you guys. Number one, energy is transferable. This is a big, big deal. But just ask yourself, would it serve you to create a damn character for you in some way? I'm telling you, you start to embody. We all have these insecurities. Like people meet me and they're like, I can't believe how quiet and introverted you are. And, you know, I like to listen to people. I, I'm not, I don't like being the center of attention yet. I'll, I have to, you know, I speak in front of lots of people or coach people. That's sort of, it's a part of my personality. It's just yes. like, it's just like, you know, Wolverine was yours, 
But yes. it's not the main part. Like, it's not that I'm not expressing myself, but the main me is the introvert. The main me is, I enjoy being this other dude, but here's what people don't get. I want you to listen to what he talked about on energy. Because you just watched him do it if you're watching YouTube. You felt it if you're driving in your car right now, right? Or you're, you know, on a treadmill somewhere. I think people underestimate the amount of energy required to dominate. Yeah, just oh, yeah. energy it takes to vibrate at a high enough damn frequency when you're a dominator in business, life, relationships, money, your body. I'm tired after I do certain things, right? Like, because I've expended yeah. so much energy. True yeah. or false for you? True. Matter of fact, after this interview, we, I'm going to be drained. Yeah. Because I know that I exerted, I poured out, like I, I gave of myself. When you give of yourself, first of all, we go back to the confidence thing that you talked about earlier. Yeah. You have to be confident that I can do this, that I can be that. When, when I see myself and I enter a room, I think about myself as being a, 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 a thermostat. Like I want to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Anytime that I enter into a room, right? if, if especially where I am now as an as a a, a life coach and a, you know executive, a little bit a consultant, I want to be able to in those moments. If the temperature is too low, I need to bring it up a little bit. Yes. Like if, if if it's flat and nobody really wants to, what can I do? Matter of fact, before I enter into that doorway, I've already decided what I, the energy I'm going to bring. One of the things that I do in the morning before I get out of the car to go into the office when I was an executive, I would part and I would say a quick little prayer. Okay, this is this is what I'm bringing. When I walk into the threshold threshold of that door, this is what they're going to get. And then I, I and I go in there purposefully. Once again, I flip that switch. It's not full blown Wolverine. Yeah. It's it's not all the way. I'm not bear crawling into the office. Right. Time, but I'm coming in with a specific energy because. What I want to be and what I'm going to be because I'm choosing to be it is someone that when you see me coming, a smile comes to your face. Yeah, I want to be that. I don't want to be when someone calls me on the phone and you see my number and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. I, I, no, no, that's not the energy that I'm going to exude. I'm going to exude the type of energy that actually like pushes you, fills you up. Yes. I want to give to you. I want, and that's one of the reasons that I've decided to um, to answer the call of me stepping out and talking to people more about how I was blessed to do what I did. Yeah. And it's not something that I own. It's something, yes, I own. Yes, it is mine. But I, it's not something that's just mine. Because I don't believe wisdom is something I'm supposed to take to the grave with me. That's right. One of the things that's unique about you is you actually really did it. What's rare in, in you know coaching today, social media today, someone actually has a track record of doing what they say you should be doing that they're teaching you. And they go, hey, by the way, see this thing behind me right here? This is uh, the Hall of Fame. Like it kind of worked. See these nine Pro Bowls? See my family? See my faith? You know, it kind of works. And then they point to it. I'd like to think that's why my following grew. It's like, oh, he was already, he's teaching me what he knows. One thing on the energy thing too that I just want to share with you that was interesting for me and I, everyone listening to it, how's the supply? One, sometimes people do take that too extreme. Like, all right, I'm going to walk in a room. And then you loot, you disconnect. You got to kind of meet people where they are. But then leaders shift the energy. Yes. They become that, that thermostat. But yeah, one yeah. of the things that was it's just interesting for me, I had done this and it's, uh, because it, it does drain you. I just want to share this with you. I don't know if you had any of this happen when you played football. And for business men and women listening to this, for me, I was really good at that with my friends. I was good at that in the gym in my sports. I was good, really good at it in business, but I, I wasn't conscious of doing that with my family. So in my home, I wasn't, I was the leader of my home, but I don't know that I, I kind of expended a lot of my energy. Then I was just kind of me at home. Mm. And I became conscious maybe just a few years ago of like, Hey man, I got to set the energy tone for our family. We're going to do something great. Right. And that was where I, if I'm being vulnerable to my audience, that was the area I had to step up and shift in the energy in my family. And you're nodding. I'm just curious with you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was, especially as a player, I was so spent from giving, whether it be training, I would do specific things like I would create in my schedule per day, an opportunity to talk to teammates if they need something, you know, even some coaches, when I was in Denver, we were losing, <laughs> we were losing quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so 
I find myself counseling a lot of guys, a lot of even some coaches, spiritually um, and professionally. So I was when I would get home and I was older, so I was it took me longer to recover. Yeah. And so I was not always in the best of moods when I got home. Yeah. So when I retired, my daughters, the, the twins were like babies. And for the longest, they really responded to me like I was a stranger. They, they knew me, but they weren't um, as, I guess, close to me as the older two were. My older two, we have, we have four. Yeah. So it took me coming out of that, coming to that realization that you're talking about. Yeah. And I have to bring that same energy, that uh, similar um, understanding on giving and being open. And, and wow, thank you for this. I got to the point where I understood that I needed to be more emotionally available to my family. That's how it came to me. You need to be more emotionally available. What does that mean for me? That means that I need to come to them with a blank space, expression-wise, body energy-wise, for them to be able to paint on. So if they want to hug me, they want to kiss me, that you know, they want to watch TV, they want to do something. I need to be available for them and, and my wife as well, Connie as well. I need to be emotionally available in that space. So you're right. Yes, I had to come to that. That was not something that, that hit me while I was a player, to be That's honest beautiful. with you. That's something that came after retirement. Beautiful. One thing I want to say that you said there that I just made me reflect on myself that I need to improve. <laughs> but I'm two, two grown men being very vulnerable. A lot of testosterone just dropped here in the room. But, um, <laughs> you know, about that blank slate, I'll tell you something I need to improve. I'm just, I'm just talking now. It's like everyone's listening on our conversation. But that blank slate thing's powerful. Those of you that are really achievers and you're learning all these tactics and things that Brian and I teach about peak performance and mindset and all these things. One of the things I have to be is more of a blank slate at home because I find myself coaching people all the time. Mm. Sometimes your children don't want you to coach them. They just want you to be that blank slate and let them do their thing and love on them. I have this tendency like, hey, that's how you should say this. This is what you should, you need in this mindset. You know, you can actually push people away that are close to you if you do too much of that stuff without them wanting it. Like that's yes. one thing I got to work on yes. myself. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and again, coming to that realization and that understanding of that mm. is, is so important. Not everybody will do that. Not everybody will admit that. They will continue to do the same thing the way that they've always done it, get the same results, whether that be your kids not wanting to be around you or, you know, they see you coming and, you know, and you get the, 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 the <laughs> eye roll. So, I'll see that look. So, so I, I give them, again, I give them their space and, Allowing them once again to lead a discussion, to lead where we're going. I've, yeah. During this time, um, during the pan pandemic, I've been very intentional of spending time doing some of the stuff that they like, especially watching cartoons. I love cartoons anyway. So, you know, it's, but watching cartoons with them, sitting down to see, you know, what they like, what their days have been like, mm -hmm. being more emotionally once again available to have those conversations with them. And to your point, <sighs> We as men, especially, you don't need to fix everything. They don't, our wives don't need us to, uh, to fix everything. Sometimes it's just to listen, to yeah. practice the art of listening. That's so hard to do. By the way, I really appreciate you sharing all this. And guys, this, when you're listening to this, you know, the reason I want you to get involved with Brian's work too is like, you forget this is an NFL Hall of Famer. This, you know what I mean? This is someone who's, you know, got such a diverse experience and ability to teach on different topics. But I want to go to Purpose, the dream Purposefully. Thing. Yeah, and intentionally. I love that word intentional too. Well, 2020 was certainly a stressful year for so many people. It's obviously my prayer that our show here has helped you get through that year in a healthier and more productive way. And for many of you even thrive. But I think probably for a lot of you, including me next year, one of my outcomes is to be just less stressed. And Headspace has helped me so much, you guys. In 2020, it's helped increase my focus. It's helped reduce my stress level. It's helped me get quiet and calm. It's helped me get perspective. It's just a product that I'm a huge, huge fan of. And I want you to be a fan as well. So you deserve to be happier. You deserve to be more focused. You deserve more peace in your life. And Headspace can help you do that. There's over 60 million downloads, by the way, on their app. 60 million. So this is something a lot of people are doing. And it's helping literally millions of lives. And I think you could be one of them as well. So if you go to headspace.com, slash my let you go to headspace.com slash my let 
You can get a free month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations in every situation. It's really a meditation app. It's a Get Calm app. It's also got beautiful music on the app. And it's been my go-to for well, actually more than last year, but I really relied on it in 2020. And it's part of my daily routine in 2021. And I think it's going to be for you guys as well. So give it a shot. It's a free month trial. Headspace.com slash Mylet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T. I want to go back to the dream thing for a minute because you had to do this. There's a lot of people listening to this right now who their first dream has ended. Mm. So it could have ended favorably, like in your career, you know, Hall of Fame and Pro Bowls, and it just ended. It could also be that my business is just shut down and it's gone because COVID's over, or I'm going through a divorce, or, you know, I was chasing my master's degree, but I've got to go get a job now because I got debt. So my first dream has ended. It's very easy to have one first dream. It takes a champion to recreate an entire new vision and dream for their life. And as you know, especially with athletes, once that first dream's over, many of these men struggle the rest of their lives to never recreate a new vision or dream. But for everybody listening to this, what would be some of your, because you had to do it, your yes. career ended, part of your identity was football player for sure, right? So how did you, were you conscious about it? And is there anything you did specifically to create this new dream and vision? So this, this went back to my faith. This went, went back to my faith. I said it through my Hall of Fame speech as well. Football was what I did, it was not who I was. So I didn't define myself, literally completely define myself by the game of football. If I couldn't do it anymore, it did not mean that I was not a person anymore. I, if, if I failed on a football field, it not, does not mean that I'm failing as a person. No, I failed on a football field. So to be able to separate the two, separate yourself from that, knowing that yes, if I do have success in it, I will be, you know, have, have happiness, right? right? Right. But if I do not, that does not prevent me from having joy wow. in my life wow. with, with other, other parts of me that are, that are the primary parts of me. Mm. My job is not the primary part of me. Wow. Because, like, especially for those of us who have been employees for individuals, like if, if that individual, just like the NFL for, for a lot of guys, you can no longer play it because, you know, we don't think you can run as fast. We can pay somebody. So right now, boom, they have closed you out of a dream that, you, that you had, you've had for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. so, but, you, but that's not who you are. And that's, that's one of the things that, that, that a lot of guys get caught up in. They, def, they truly define themselves like this is the only thing that they can do is play football. And that is not the case. Lord, the Lord has put some, some marvelous things in all of us. Yes. Every last one of us. And I'm and it, it is not my opinion. It, it is it is not just my opinion. We aren't supposed to just do like one thing in for the rest of our lives as far as a job is concerned. I believe that if you're working for somebody, that's just for the time being until you own your own if you have the vision to do that. Yes. So we can grow again. You also are growing again. It goes back to growing where you are. Yeah. If I'm growing where I am, I know that football is not the only thing that I can do. I'm now looking into my heart, praying about, okay, so what is it? What am I passionate about? What other things am I truly passionate about that I'm gifted at? I'm gifted as an athlete, but what else am I gifted? What else do I do with the least amount of effort that takes others a lot of effort to do? If I wasn't playing football, what else would I would actually do for free? So That's to have my favorite advice of all time on the show, guys, what he just said. Yeah. By the way, you said something very profound there that I've never said before. I kind of almost do it effortlessly. Yeah. People have a hard time going, what are some of my gifts? And they discount them too. Like I can't run a 4640 or I don't have 140 IQ or I'm not particularly, God didn't make me model beautiful or I don't have a great sense of humor. And they discount all these beautiful gifts the Lord gave them. It could be your humility. It could be your nurturing ability, your kindness, your understanding. It could be all kinds of different things, your listening skills. But you said something that's never been said on the show before. These things probably come easy to you. And so that's actually why you don't think they're such a big deal. You don't think it's a big deal. I tell my wife this all the time, a certain thing she does. I say, everybody don't see things the way you just said it. You think it's no big deal, but I didn't think of it that way. And I'm pretty sure if you ask other people, they won't see the things the way that you just said it. So don't discount that. 
Beautiful. You, by the way, you want to be a leader of people. If you want to be someone who people love and want to follow, find their gifts, point them out, tell them, I see this in you. That's yes. beautiful that you tell your wife that, right? Because maybe 99 out of 100 other people don't see those things. And that's the key to life, guys, is finding these gifts and then using them in the service of other people in some way. And to Brian's point, I also agree with you. It probably won't be the same way all your life. No. I totally agree with you. One more thing, because this is so good. We're going to go a couple more minutes. I'm going to take more time with you because, like, I knew this would be good, but I didn't know it would be this good. So one of the things you've talked about before about being the elite of the elite and performing is being totally present. You kind of touched on it earlier where you said, I give all of me. Other guys, some of them gave all they had at that time. But there's something about, I don't know if you call it the zone or the whatever, but it's and it's that energy threshold of being totally present as a father, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, on the sales call, at the gym, on the golf course, whatever it is you're doing, total presence with phones and life and distractions and problems and TV is so damn difficult today. But it, you think it was like one of the keys to your whole damn career, right? Absolutely. To be able to drown out anything else. How do you do that? How does someone do that? To mentally drown it out. First of all, to acknowledge that it, they exist. Mm -hmm. So I'm not acknowledging that some of these things did not exist. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give you one of my formulas now. All right, so one of my formulas in, in life, you've, all, you've heard you know, to, to um, deal with the control, control the controllables. You, you've heard okay. that yes. before. Sure. My controllables are this. My controllables are my actions, my responses, my effort, and my attitude. That's what I have control over. Very good. Those. Anything outside of that, I lean heavily on my prayer life and I give it away. Very good. I give it away and I trust. I trust the Lord to be able to handle those things that I can't. Because if I can't, I can't handle how someone says something to me. I can only handle my response. I know how I'm, I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond. Nobody has their hands on my buttons. Nobody controls me like a puppet. You can't say something to me and dictate how I'm going to respond. No, I have control over that, right? So I'm controlling the controllable. So to be 100% present, I recognize that as this cat is saying what they're saying to me, I can go in one of two ways. I can get into something with this individual and I say it like this. I can actually um, uh, take offense, take offense, or I can leave a fence right there. I can leave it right there. I don't have to take the offense. The offense has been offered and it's up to me to take it. If I don't take it, you can have it. You can keep that offense. And I'm gonna keep on moving with the rest of my day because what you said will not have hurt me unless I listen to it, I, I take it in into my heart and I agree with you in it. That's the only time it, hurt, it hurts me. Matter of fact, the opinions of people don't matter. The only opinion that really matters is yours, what you feel about you. And so when I come, when I really came to understand that seriously, man, and I'm not saying this is always easy. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that. But I'm saying that you have in you the capability of doing exactly what I just said. Mm. To leave a fence right there. So. If, if it's not going to help me grow to, and be in a, a, a happy place, a good place, the place that I said in the beginning of the day as I meditated in the morning and prayed in the morning that I'm going to be this type of individual, I'm going to have this type of energy. If it's not helping me in that, man, I'm going to let that ride. I'm going to let that go somewhere else. And being all in right there, being 100% present, mm. it, 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 makes, it helps me to think. There you go. That's why it helps me to think. Instead of just responding out of out of my past um, paradigms, how, how how I've seen my neighborhood respond, how I've seen some of my family members maybe respond, and I learned those bad habits. No, I don't want to just be on autopilot. I want to be hundred percent there in that moment, so I can think on those four things. And if it's in those four areas, I, I can I got that. If it's so not, good. I'm gonna pray about it and I'm gonna move on. So good. Don't take offense. Dang it, that's good. All right, last thing. So good. Mental, mental, mental health. We got a little goosebumps on that right there, just so you know. Mental health. Um, man, is this a topic that people want us to cover more on the show, which means it affects so many people. Yes. You've been pretty transparent about it in your life. 
um, just discuss it a little bit. You even talked about it in your speech a little bit too. So how's there, you've, you've battled this a little bit, I guess. And then what were some of the conclusions you've come to through dealing with mental health stuff in general? And that's a broad topic, right? It, is a true it can be everything from a little bit of worry and anxiety all the way to like someone's bipolar. So this topic yeah, is, it is huge. tremendous. And it's, yeah, but let's hear about it from you. And it's, it is, it's so stigmatized as well. There's so mm. much, so much um, nonsense attached to it. Mm. And we don't talk about it. And I say this all the time that men, especially, especially men, that our silence is literally killing us. Our silence is literally killing us because we're not talking about our feelings. And one of the things that, that I've under, come to understand about it and the way that I envision things, I, try, I, I envision things in, in cartoon mode and in, in, in least common denominator type of things to, to help me understand it um, a lot better. But when you talk about not speaking about what's going on in your life, when you, when you don't talk about things, what happens is, is those things begin to build and build and build. So I'm not talking about that, so boom, that's something else I'm trying to hold on to. Another thing that I'm trying to hold on to. And then it takes one thing from a loved one, usually a spouse, to say something that is not really a big deal. But in that moment, you just explode all over them. All of those other things that you should not or, or had bound up inside that you weren't letting out, it explodes on them and you crush them. And so that was not fair, first of all, for me to be doing that. Because I did, I had, I had anger issues. Yeah. I had anger issues. I had things that I had been dealing with for long periods of time that I was not talking to anybody about because in my neighborhood, you just rub dirt on it. Suck it up, you a man. But you better not cry. Suck it up. So that's the mentality that you take. And that is not a healthy mentality to understand against your emotions are transient. They're going to come in. They're going to go if you allow them to just go on about their business. But there are certain things you have to deal with. You have to have someone to talk about them too. I have at least four people in my life now. I call them my blessed pack, my blessed pack. People that I can go and talk to about any and all things that may be going on in my life if I need them. That's free. So I know, I know I'm not by myself anymore. So when during that time of, of depression, I had depression, I was taking medication. I had um, suicidal thoughts before that on a long going basis. I said it in my Hall of Fame speech that I was actually planning on how to do it to let my wife, my wife get the insurance money. And as I think back on that, none of my daughters would be born. Obviously I would have had a Hall of Fame career and I wouldn't be here to talk to give this message. So I, there was something big that I was supposed to do. And the, I'll say it, I'm gonna say this, the enemy knew it. So he did everything in his power to get me to end it, to make a permanent decision over, over a temporary situation. And so what I then was blessed to do as I got on the medicine, what it did is it brought, brought my emotions down so that I could hear in the spirit. I begin to pray a lot more. I've been actually go to Bible study a lot more, really connect my relationship with God, get got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, excuse me. And then I came up with the blueprint challenge. It's, in the, it's on that BrianDawkins.com. This is what I actually came up with after that dark, during that dark period mm. to help me stay winning, mm. to help me stay, because it's, it's a regimented thing that I do on a daily basis, how I start the day, how I think about what I think about. I basically, if, if you go in and look at it, I, I'm, I give gratitude at least once an hour. An hour. Wow. I set it. I set it on my phone in the beginning to vibrate hmm. a certain way. And then when it vibrated, I knew it was to give, give thanks in that Whoa. moment. So whatever I'm thinking in that moment, if I've had an argument with a teammate or something has happened um, on the field or something like that, when that thing vibrated, I got to, okay, thank you, Pop. Thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength. Thank you for my children. Thank you. Whatever it is comes to my mind, I, I think. So now I'm positioning myself once again in a different energy, the positive energy, the gratitude energy, right? And then at night, before I go to bed, I then look back over the day and I ask myself, did I give everything that I can 
in the things that I said that I was going to do today. If I didn't, obviously I have to adjust those things. If I did, pat myself on the back. So Congratulations. Cool. Good job. Get so better going forward. And so when I do that, and I do that now, another thing that I don't do, I don't pick up this phone. I don't look at emails. So I give myself, uh, it's usually about anywhere from 20 minutes to two hours now that I spend during this, you know, in the mornings. And then at night, same thing, at least 30 minutes before bedtime, no more of this, no more looking at anything other than either devotionals, scripture, or, or a book or some, a positive something as I drift off to sleep. Wow. So by doing that, I mean, it, seriously, it has blessed me so much to be able to see things in a different light, to bring out something, a person in me that I didn't know exist. Hmm. So if I, if I told you that growing up that I stuttered. Really? I, I, didn't, I didn't see myself as a speaker. I did not. There's no <laughs> way you could tell me I would get in front of a room full of people and, and motivate anybody because I felt I had a stutter. And I did to a certain extent, but I didn't really have a stutter. I was, I was conscious of the fact that I did stir just a little bit and stumbled over my words mm. and I thought people would laugh at me. So the embarrassment or the anticipation of the embarrassment caused me not to want to talk. And so I even came more quiet as an individual. People always, you're so quiet. Yeah, I'm just listening. In the beginning, it was because I didn't want to talk. I didn't feel comfortable talking to people, right? And so when you really take a look back over your life, especially you know, those of us who are up there a little bit to be yeah. able to look back over our lives, you'll, be, you'll begin to see things if you really pay attention, things that have paradigm, things that, the, the way that you see yourself, that is not true. That's true. Man, no, this is, this is great. This is, what this a remarkable is conversation, brother. Like it, when you were talking, I was reflecting on what you said in your Hall of Fame speech, which is like the, the most productive and great things you've done have come from pain. I'm not so sure that your work on mental health isn't even more important than what you did in your career. Because what you just said the last several minutes, I just pray that people stayed to the end, you know, that they stayed to the end to hear that message. Because one thing I want to unpack right there, I just want to say something. No one's ever said this on my show ever, to have a gratitude reminder go off on your phone every hour. Wow. Like I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I do the end of the day, the reflection. I don't check my phone the first 30 to 40 minutes. I don't do it before I go to bed, but that gratitude reminder throughout the day, talk about a pattern interrupt if you're stressed or have anxiety. So yes, Brian, thank, Brian, I got to tell you, man, thank you for today. No, thank you. Thank this you for was, coming. I'm serious. Thank you for having me coming on. This was, a. I, I saw you for the first time last year. I was looking, I told you, I was looking at some things from Les and some, some other individuals that were talking about changing your mind, uh, how you can change your, your brain, like actually reform your brain. I forget who exactly who it was. And I was like, man, man, it would be awesome to get on his show. Well, brother, you blessed people today. And I want them to go to briandawkins.com. I want them to check you out. This was remarkable. Like, guys, you forget, we just we talked to a football player, right? And, and he's so much more. And uh, you helped me. Like, I got a couple actionable things I'm going to do today. So everybody, best thing you could do is share this show today with people so that they get blessed by all of the wisdom that came out of Brian's mouth today. And, uh, and then share all our shows too, because they're, it's the best show in the world. So God bless you all. Brian, thank you. Max out, everybody. This is The Ed Milet Show.